Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider. He's standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. I, I, I chuckled at your journey, uh, end of the game, until you got back. That was cracking me up on Twitter. <laughs> Lost your yeah. keys. You're getting delays. Oh. You're like... I think one of them, and I may be paraphrasing, does American Airlines have any plane that actually works? <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I basically spent all of my Monday from 5.45 a.m. Pacific time to 10.30 p.m. Eastern time traveling home, which was not exactly what I wanted coming off of mm. devastating losses in Lions franchise history. Yeah, if, if they would have won, you wouldn't have mind because you've been in every airport bar all day and just, you know, <laughs> talking to people and getting ready for oh, yeah. uh, Vegas. I, You know, when I when I go back and run that game through my mind, I, I did delete the DVR yesterday. I just can't <laughs> watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it, they were, they were so close, just like I was saying. Even with everything, all the decision-making, all the bouncing out the helmet, the fumble, uh, we can go down the list in the second half of horrors. But they still were that close. So the question yeah. is, in this offseason, which began with Ben Johnson staying, which is huge, sure. and now you look at talent and what they need, and I think it's obvious to every Lions fan, to everyone who follows the Lions like you and I do, uh, someone opposite Hutch, they could use interior defensive line help. They're going to need strong backups on the O-line, if not one more starter. And, and they get, like I said, what, four picks in the first three rounds. They got a ton of salary cap room. And you have the golf deal, how much and how long. You have the Sewell deal, where at the end of the year, he's the best lineman in pro football. You have St. Brown in that deal. So uh, let's begin in order, Jeremy. What are the off-season priorities for the Lions? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first thing you, you got to do is, is figure out Jared Goff's contract. Like that, that to me, that's the first domino to, to fall to, to make everything else kind of fall into place there. Because uh, I, I think it's clear that this team really, really likes Jared Goff, and I think it's pretty clear that Jared Goff likes it here. And so um, you, you got to come up with a with a fair deal that that allows you to to be able to continue to maneuver in, in ways that, that make your team get better, but also one that rewards your quarterback who's gotten you as far as this franchise has ever really gone in the, in the Super Bowl era. So that's the first thing. But then, yeah, if you're, if you're talking like positions that need corner is, is number one, I think on everyone's list, right? Uh, we, we saw how bad the Lions pass defense was down the stretch, particularly on the outside. Um, I would say the Lions probably have to pick up at least two guys um, that are capable of starting one, hopefully that's capable of being your number one. And then, yeah, it, the rest is just, I think, making sure your offensive line remains a strength. So that means at the very least re-signing Graham Glasgow. Um, we'll, we'll see what the, the plan is with Jonah Jackson. I think you're right that the Lions need to prioritize um, not only adding a starter if they don't bring back Jonah, but, but bringing back depth because that was an issue. Um, Aushika was not a guy that we really wanted starting in the NFC Championship game, and he held up fine. I mean, the Lions obviously ran for 180 yards against 49ers, but they need to, considering that's the identity of this team, they need to make sure that strength remains a strength. And so I think that means maybe investing another draft pick on the offensive line and maybe even going into free agency and finding someone there. I agree. And the salary cap money is there to get everything you mentioned that I stated before we began our conversation. It's all there. 
Uh, how, how big was it for Ben Johnson to say no to Seattle and the Commanders? How big for uh, the Lions? Mo- monumental, <laughs> I think. I don't, I don't think it can be understated uh, just just how big that is because, yeah, the the offense was the main reason the Lions got to where they were, the fifth-best offense. And I, 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 I just I keep looking back at this past game, and, and I was in awe of that first half. And really, I thought Ben Johnson called mostly a good game the entire way. Um, you look at that third quarter, and one drive was ended by a, a fourth-and-two drop. One drive ended by a fumble on the very first play. One drop ended on a third-and-nine drop. Um, they were moving the ball consistently. It never felt like the 49ers figured out that offense, just the line started shooting themselves in the foot. And if you consider like if, if one or two of those things goes the Lions way, not only do they win that game, but they probably hang around 40 points on the 49ers defense, which mm. is like a top five defense all year. And so getting that offense back, getting your quarterback back, getting most of your offensive line back, all of your weapons back. It's huge. Um, it's the biggest, I mean, I think the biggest thing the Lions have to have had to fought off, fight off over the last two years is regression on offense. And you, you could make an argument last year. Well, now they have tape on Ben Johnson. Maybe Jared Goff doesn't play as well as he does as well as he did at the end of 2022 and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and the lines put all that to bed, right? Ben Johnson proved doesn't matter how much tape you have on him. He's going to provide a, a, a strong and healthy offense. Jared Goff, I think proved a lot of people wrong this year. And, the Lions front office proved like, hey, we know we have a strength in our offense, but we're going to upgrade our running backs. We're going to upgrade our tight end. And so the Lions have been pouring resources into their offense, and, and Ben Johnson has been at the head of it. And to, to, be able, to be able to keep all of those pieces, most of those pieces together, means you go into 2024 now with the full expectation that you're going to have another top five offense this year. Yeah, think about uh, you give Goff his money. I don't know if it'll be four years or five years at, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of. 50 million per you have Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield Ragnow, Decker, Sewell our locks, Glasgow I think will be able to get them at a good price the Jonah Jackson question could depend on you know where they're picking with their draft picks uh, where some offensive linemen uh, fall I agree with the edge rusher opposite Hutch who had one of his worst games ever on a football field uh, Sunday by the way and that's not piling on it's just a fact of life that Again, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you're banged up. I don't know if you, you know, weren't feeling well, whatever. Uh, he didn't make excuses, but it was a horrible uh, performance. And that secondary and that defense, and the more I've looked at the decisions that have been debated and still are being debated, especially the two fourth down decisions, that it, to me it, it's a sign that what you mentioned, I think Dan Campbell has – 10,000% confidence in his offense. Yep. But when it comes to his kicking game and his defense, he didn't have that confidence. And that's why he went for it on both fourth downs. Oh, no question. I mean, especially during that, that first one, I, I think he was ever, he had every right to believe that the offense was going to get that. Everything Ben Johnson was calling was working at that point in the game. And the lines, I think were something like 70 or 80% successful this year at fourth and two or shorter. So I think he had every right to, to believe that the lines were going to convert there and they wanted to keep the pedal on the metal. And I mean, what kind of message would it have sent if, you know, you, you go into halftime with a 17 point lead, the 49ers kick a field goal and then you score a touchdown. 
Like that, that's, that not only increases your lead, obviously, but I think it sends a message that like, Hey, if you thought we were going to lay down in the second half, we're not going to. Now I, I think you can make a better argument with the second one that like, okay, well, things aren't going our way at this point in the game. The offense is starting to slow down. Maybe we do take the three here. I still think it's very much a toss up. Uh, I think most people who are arguing one way or the other are, are being a little hyperbolic. I think it's a very tough decision. And if you look at the math, if you look at the percentages, if you look at all that, we're talking about like a one to two percent chance, uh, you know, win percentage swing here in, in whichever decision that you made. And so, um, I, I think the the main point I think is like this is what got you to where you were, right? Dan Campbell has never shied away from being aggressive in both those situations. So I don't think either of them came in as a surprise. And um, you know, when when you play a, a risky game like that, you're going to get big rewards, and then you're also going to get big negatives, and you're going to take the, the credit when it goes your way, and you're going to take the blame when it doesn't. But overall, I think Dan Campbell has been a very much a net positive when it comes to fourth down decisions. And uh, just so happened that the execution wasn't there on Sunday and makes him look like a bad guy. Yeah. First fourth down, you know, Reynolds, uh, you know, 99 out of a hundred times I said earlier, he's going right. to catch that ball. Uh, the second one, give the Niners coaching staff credit on disguising sure. that zone. They threw at him. They thought they had yep. man. So that's part of it. You got the other Reynolds drop. You have, same Brown with a drop. Uh, you have the fumble, uh, you know, not lining up right or turning the wrong way, whatever. And then, you know, what could go wrong did go wrong. So I'm cool with the first fourth down attempt because I knew what he was doing. He catches out there at the 21. Like you said, they go yep. put it in the end zone. You got a field goal. We got a touchdown. I think it's game over. Uh, the second one, I would have taken a shot at the three to give my team a lift. Uh, it's 27-24, you're not playing well. Uh, I would have done that. You know, things were reeling. And in the end, when I look at the decisions, I think a lot of it, clock management, game management. You know, Dan Campbell, you, know, you can look at a Tampa game. You can look at his inconsistency if there is a negative. And I, not a negative, but just a something pulsing that the game and clock management could be better when it comes to Dan Campbell. And I get he's a riverboat gambler. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think he'd be the first to tell you that he made some mistakes along the way this year. Um, and that's something that I appreciate about him that, is that he admits it. Um, I would also say that I think clock management, timeout usage, fourth down management, all of that is like a huge problem across the league. And I would say Dan Campbell is among the lowest offenders when you look at some of the other teams and some of the decisions that they make, but like, like any player, like any coach, I think Dan Campbell looks at these situations and tries to learn. Um, I, I will say like at times it does feel like he goes a little bit too much by his gut. Like to me, maybe the biggest mistake he made was going for two again after they had been backed up to the seven in Dallas. Like that, that seemed like a, I'm just sticking to my guns to stick to my guns. And, and sometimes I, I do think he, he gets into that mode where he's just, I don't know if stubborn's the right word, but just kind of like fixated maybe on, on what he wants to do and, and, and doesn't necessarily think it through. But again, I, I think this is, I mean, if you look at the fan bases of 32, all 32 franchises, I think all 32 of them will complain about clock management. will complain about not going for it on fourth down or going for it on fourth down too much. Um, so, you know, it, it's just something you have to deal with as a coach. You're, you're going to get the sort of criticisms when you make, any sort of decisions um, just so happened that the the lines came on one of the biggest stages of the year. 
Yeah, and there were so many plays. You know, balls a little more to the inside. Jama would have had that one touchdown. Sure. Uh, missed tackles on Purdy, uh, like on at least. I, I don't have the entire play-by-play chart in front of me, but at least three scrambles that kept alive drives that yeah. probably led to, you know, I don't know, 13, 17 of their points where you thought they had Purdy and somehow he would squirm out of it and make the throw or go uh, take his seven two forty time and go get a first down, <laughs> right. uh, which would frustrate the living daylights out of the Lions nation. Just, again, that, that midway point, you know, the seven and a half minute mark, seven fifty third quarter until the end, the final 22 minutes or so, almost what could go wrong did go wrong for the Lions. But I do see the big picture. I do see the salary cap. I, we went through the offensive players in place. It should be right there as the top offense in the NFL. And now they're hungry. And what Dan Campbell said in these three days to think about it, Jeremy, and Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit, Lions NFL insider joining us on the Roast Number Coffee guest line. How quickly he told them, I don't know if we'll get back here. You don't get these opportunities. I yeah. take that as the offseason message to this team that he delivered immediately after that crushing loss. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. That that was not that was not just him being earnest and honest, which I think it was. Um, I do think it was absolutely a, a motivational tactic, tactic, and I think it's why Dan Campbell is so good at what he does. He's able to conjure that in the moments of, of probably the, the one of the lowest points in, in his personal career. Um, and and yeah, that's that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to use that as motivation. They're going to try to use. Um, that as a reminder, like you still have to continue to put in the work because he is right. You know, while everything looks good on paper for this franchise in their future, there is no guarantee that it all falls into place. You know, someone could get um, injured or, you know, the, the lines just start getting bad luck in one score games. Um, regression happens even when every, you do everything right on paper sometimes. So uh, I think it's a strong message. I think it's the right message. And I think it's also true. So um, it, it's, it's, it leads to some of the heartbreak for, for fans here because they were so close. And, and even though everything looks great, you just, you just never know. I mean, look at the, the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They get, they get to the Super Bowl, and, and ever since then, it's, it's been a struggle to get back. So um, it, it's a really good message. It's true, and I think it's just, it just highlights, again, how Dan Campbell is just kind of an expert leader and motivator, and, and that's, maybe that's a reason to, to believe that, that they will be back is that, I don't think there's ever going to be a motivation problem with this team. And it's, and it's not just him, right? It's the kind of people that they have in the building, right? These guys know they want to put, they have to put in the work. I mean, looking at Panay Sewell after that game, both on Sunday and then in in the uh, locker room on, on Monday, um, you know, that guy is is super motivated. He's super pissed off. Like he's not going to have any issues trying to get up for, for any games next year. When do they get the – and, again, I all the dates. I know we get free agency there the second week of March, uh, the draft in Detroit at the end of April. Uh, what is the right time to get that golf deal done? And how long do you think – again, four or five years, 50-ish million a year, but when do they get it done? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think you, you probably want to get it done before free agency just right. so you know how much money you have to work with and you can kind of build out the rest of your plan after that. I think there's also a, a roster bonus that he's due sometime in early March. Um, 
and, and I think the idea there is that you can, um, if you get a deal done before then you can kind of use that roster bonus as a signing bonus and stretch that out over the, the years of the contract rather than all of it hitting it this year. So that's a way to maybe save a little bit money in 2024. Um, in terms of length, I mean, it's tough. I think the normal length is, is like you said, about four or five years. Goff is 29 now, so maybe he's on the shorter end of the spectrum. I don't think you're going to get a three-year deal out of him, but maybe maybe it's a four-year deal. And yeah, $50 million is kind of the, the number that I'm circling personally. I think some will depend on what exactly they set the salary cap at, which hasn't been officially set yet. But um, I, w- I would expect that number to probably be hovering around you know, four years, $200 million seems uh, like a reasonable deal. Yeah, and then uh, give St. Brown a deal and Sewell and get ready for free agency. And then the draft uh, comes to Detroit, and here we go into OTAs and training camp uh, before you know it. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, online, Lions NFL Insider. Good stuff, Jeremy. Appreciated all your commentary during the football season, and we'll stay in touch. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, Jeremy Reisman checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee Guest Line.